0: Welcome. We are so glad you've joined us today. Are you ready for another Basar Christian Church podcast? Let's get straight into it. Awesome. It's great to see you, at church, today. You can take a seat. We, um, yeah, this uh, month of December, we're talking about good news. and, uh, and uh, That's the theme, and then we're running off a few smaller themes um, from that. And last week, Pastor Ross talked about good news that was realized And the shepherds and others realized the good news. And this week, I'm going to talk about good news that is received. Um, You know, we can, I've been in places and meetings where a group of people have heard the good news about Jesus, and then by the end, they all hear the same message, but then some receive it, and some say, Oh, no, that's not for me. And some respond, and their life is transformed, and then others that say, No. Things I don't want it, they just stay the same. Or sometimes things can get a bit worse or whatever it may be. But so good news isn't just something you can just hear. It's great to hear. You can hear good news, you can hear a great message, but you also need to receive it for it to change your life. And so in Luke 8, I just want to highlight something that I read this morning, that I just added in, that Jesus talks a little bit about this when he talks about the story where he talks about seed being sown um, by a farmer or seed being falling in certain places. And I'll just read it to you. Luke 8, 4-10 to says, Massive crowds gathered from many towns to hear Jesus. And he taught them using metaphors and parables, so like stories such as this. A farmer went out to sow seeds for a harvest. And as he scattered his seed, some of it fell on hard pathway and was quickly trampled down and unable to grow and become nothing but bird seed. But some fell on the gravel, and though it sprouted, it couldn't take root. It withered for lack of moisture. Other seed fell where there was nothing but weeds. Who loves weeds? No. Uh, It too was unable to grow to full maturity, for it was choked out by the weeds. Yet some of the seed fell in good, uh, fertile soil, and it grew and flourished until it produced more than a hundredfold harvest. Made up for all the rest. A bumper crop. Then Jesus added, shouting out, shouting out to all who would hear, listen with your heart and you will understand. Listen with your heart and you will understand. Later, his disciples came to Jesus and asked him privately what deeper meaning was found in the parable, because they didn't always get it the first time. He said, You've been given a teachable heart to perceive the secret hidden mysteries of God's kingdom realm. But to those who don't have a listening heart, my words are merely stories. Wow. And I've been in meetings where they oh, that was a great story. And they've listened to the story but if you don't receive it with a listening heart, it doesn't do any more than that. Even though they have eyes, they are blind to the true meaning of what I say. And even though they listen, they won't receive full revelation. So he makes the point that when we hear things, when we hear the good news, we need to listen with our heart. That's We hear with our ears, we listen with our ears, but in other words, it needs to go much deeper. We need to allow it to absorb into our hearts. So as we talk today, I want you to listen with your heart. I want you to receive good news and receive, there's going to be some things that maybe just jump out at you that will be just to so click into place. And maybe something, I read a scripture or something, you've heard it before, but straight away the Holy Spirit can give you a new revelation or new, see something differently. And maybe you've heard it a thousand times before, but maybe today you listen with your heart and you receive it and it transforms something in your life. I want to again go back to the shepherds. Pastor Ross talked about the shepherds last week, and being Christmas time, it's hard to go past the shepherds because they were the first ones to hear the good news about Jesus. And good news was given to the shepherds, and the shepherds in that time were considered unclean because they worked with sheep. And they often were outside the city. And shepherds' social status was very much dependent on what sheep they looked after. And so Pastor Ross last week was sharing about the shepherds that they were told that they were most likely looking after sheep or lambs that were um, priestly lambs or for sacrifice and so they were probably priestly shepherds you look through the bible there's priestly shepherds and then there's other shepherds that are just ordinary shepherds maybe working for someone so very much their status would have been linked to the lambs they were looking after. And so the shepherds that maybe the angels came to may have had a higher status than maybe the ones down the road or around the other side of the city that may be like, you're just looking after ordinary sheep. And so they weren't considered very high status. They weren't a prominent person in the community. They weren't a king. They weren't looking after important things. They weren't running a household. And so people uh, very much had status in different areas according to their work in those times. You can go to other countries around the world like India and it's very much a same still today. It's very much a status thing of who you, what are, where you, where you fall uh, in the caste system and things like that. And so it was very much like that. And so we see these shepherds that were considered most part ordinary people or unclean by the type of work they do. Yet God chose to speak to them. He chose to come to them. And so in Luke two eight to twenty, I'm going to read this account um about that it says that night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby guarding their flocks of sheep suddenly an angel of the lord appeared among them and the radiance of the lord's glory surrounded them and it says they were terrified and i want to talk about leave it right there from it they were, sometimes we we read a a book and a kid's book and whatever, and you've got a pretty little angel sitting there, and the shepherd's like, oh, hi, angel, and whatever, and uh, having a little conversation, a bit of a light shining, and oh, this is great, let's all dance, you know, and have a good time, and so, but it says they were terrified, have you ever been terrified, do you know what it means to be terrified, like it's not just afraid; it's terrified, terrified means when you're terrified, you're so scared, you can hardly move that's terrified, thrown into a state of intense fear or desperation to be in terror, in alarm, being greatly afraid. So they were they were so scared when the angel spoke and appeared to them, they were shaking and couldn't move and didn't know what to do. Okay, so when angels showed up, it wasn't like, oh, look at that, it's an angel. It was like, Whoa, what is that? You know, it's like, that. That's, look how big that is, how bright it is. And, and like, it was like a significant, angels weren't small, they're big, they were, and when they spoke, they must have spoke with such loudness, and thought it was loud, it was bright in the middle of the night. All this stuff's going on, and they were terrified, but the angel reassured them, don't be afraid, he said i bring you good news that will bring you great jo- will bring great joy to all the people so as soon as so the angel saying don't be afraid you don't need to be afraid because good news when you hear good news it takes away fear when you hear good news you don't need to be terrified anymore i'm not here to harm you i'm not here to um, cause you alarm i'm here to bring you good news And he says, the Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. Suddenly, the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, the armies of heaven. Wasn't maybe a couple maybe not hundreds, could have been thousands, may have been tens of thousands, the armies of heaven suddenly filled the skies. And if they weren't a bit scared before, um, <laughs> he's like, don't be scared, don't be alarmed. And suddenly then there's more arrive. They're like, what are we meant to do now? You know, it's like, where do we go? And so they're all showing up, the whole army. And they're all staying there. they praising God. And they were saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to those whom God is pleased. When the angels had returned to heaven the shepherds said to each other let's go to bethlehem let's see this thing that's just happened which the lord has told us about and they hurried to the village and found mary and joseph and there was a baby lying in the manger after seeing him the shepherds told everyone what happened and what the angel had said to them about the child all who heard the shepherd's story were astonished but mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often The shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God, for they for all they had heard and seen, it was just as the angel had told them. So the shepherds went and saw it, and the next thing they couldn't, they received this good news and they couldn't help but then tell others. They couldn't help but go into the town. No matter they said, Look, we we can't hold this in. We need to tell you what we have just seen. And so they heard the good news. And they obviously received it because if you receive it, you often act upon it. When you don't receive something, you won't act upon it. If you hear the good news and you don't really receive it, well, you go, Oh, that was good, and nothing will change. No, nothing will change in your life. Nothing will, you won't change direction, you won't change doing anything differently. But they they drop, they left the sheep. Which they were, which were very important. They meant to look. leave it, Leave the sheep. They'll be right. Let, just leave them there. And we're gonna. We're going. to we are going we leaving all our supplies behind. Leave everything behind. Let's go to Bethlehem. Let's do this. Is so important. This news we have just heard, and this is, and we believe it. So we're going to find out. We're going to see it for ourselves. We're not going to miss this opportunity. So they received the good news, and then they told people, and everyone that heard about it were astonished. Next week, we're going to talk about good news that is shared in that way now i've got a video to show you in a moment but before we do that good news is received and so today i've got a gift for everyone and, uh, and as we watch this video, the team are going to come around and they're going to give you a gift. And it's a very small, simple gift, but it's something that you can put on your Christmas tree. You can, there's probably enough for everybody in both services, but you can take one as a couple if you want, or as a family, or you can take one each. It's up to you. And the team are going to bring them around when we watch this video. And uh, this, on this gift, it's written the words, good news, because good news is received. And also the reference to the scripture about the shepherds. Uh, being spoken to and gone saying, today I bring you good news. And that's the reference on the other side of the gift. And the gift is sim- a simple Christmas bauble that you can hang on your tree that simply reminds you that Jesus, that the, the good news is about Jesus. That every time we look at that, it's good news that is not just kept or heard, but it's good news that is received. If we can play that Video. It's a video regarding the story I've just read about the shepherds.
1: Man has worked the field since his fall. By beast or by crop, in plenty and in drought, he must tame the land or be tamed by it. The shepherd knows this well. He is a keeper. He is a guardian. He is a guide. And his flock, aimless in all their attempts, pulls him far away to chase their fickle hearts. How peculiar it is that God Omnipotent would take the post of a shepherd. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people the Savior yes the Messiah has been born this night in Bethlehem the city of David and you will recognize him by this sign you will find the babe wrapped in strips of cloth lying in a manger a baby a manger Glory to God in the highest, peace on earth and a good will toward men. Glory to God in the highest, peace on earth and a good will toward men. Glory to God in the highest, peace on earth and a good will toward men. 走 <laughs> society's eyes, shepherds should not be the first ones to greet the king of kings. But isn't that just like the creator of the universe? He uses lowly people to do amazing things for his glory.
0: It's good, eh? That's probably more realistic to when we suddenly what maybe is in our mind when we read that story, or what's in some of our the books or things that are, you know when angels showed up, they were probably going, "What is this?" and uh, terrified and excited with joy at the same time. And uh, I love that last line that it said, "Isn't that like the Creator of the universe? He uses lowly people." To do amazing things for his glory. Lowly people to do amazing things for his glory. You know, Jesus is known as the King of Kings, but he's also known as the Good Shepherd. In other words, Jesus can relate and be relevant to the King, and he can be relevant to those that are lowest of the low in society, whoever that may be. In other words, Good news is for those in the highest place or the lowest place. Those that are educated, uneducated. And today it doesn't matter whether you have the highest education or no education, the good news is still the same. It doesn't matter in the world's eyes what status they may look at you and say, Oh, you've got this job, so what, or family or friends, or how they see you because of maybe your status or what you're doing or how you're living, and they might see you up here or they may think you're down here. It makes no difference to Jesus whether you're up here in the world's eyes or down here. The good news is for everybody and he sees you just as important as anybody else. Because the good news is for everybody. When I read that line that he uses lowly people to do amazing things, the first person I thought of in the Bible was a person that Jesus spoke to that did something amazing, that had an amazing impact when they heard the good news And that person is the woman at the well. And I want to read this account to you before we finish today. Because she also heard the good news about Jesus. And Jesus went out of his way to find her. And in society's eyes... That was a big no-no. it was society's eyes that because of who she was that you didn't even go to that area and because and Jesus being a man who being a woman, um, you they wouldn't even speak to a woman from that society but Jesus did and it says in John 4 chapter one onwards, and uh, it, it's entitled in, in my Bible it says a th- it's titled "A Thirsty Savior because Jesus needed a drink." The news quickly reached the Jewish religious leaders known as the Pharisees that Jesus was drawing greater crowds of followers coming to be baptized than John. Although Jesus himself didn't baptize, but only the disciples. Jesus heard what was being said and abruptly left Judea and returned to the province of Galilee, and he had to pass through Samaria. And Jesus arrived at the Samaritan village of Sychar. He actually arrived just on the outsides of it, about a kilometer out. Near the field that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Wearied by his long journey, he sat on the edge of Jacob's well and sent his disciples into the village to buy food, for it was already afternoon. Soon a Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. Now just him being here in this situation wasn't no one ever did this. No Jew would ever do this. And Jesus, and she replied, Why would a Jewish man ask a Samaritan woman for a drink of water? Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Jesus replied, If you only knew who I am and the gift that God wants to give you, you'd ask me for a drink and I would give you living water. The woman replied, But sir, you don't even have a bucket and the well is very deep. So where do you find this living water? Do you really think that you are greater than our ancestor Jacob who dug this well and drank from it himself along with the children and livestock? Jesus answered, if you drink from Jacob's well, you'll be thirsty again. But if anyone drinks the living water I give them, they will never be thirsty again. For when you drink the water I give you, it becomes a gushing fountain of the Holy Spirit flooding you with endless life. Endless life. And if you've seen the Chosen series, this scene is one of the most amazing scenes in the whole series when he meets this woman at the well. The woman replied, let me drink that water so I'll never be thirsty again and won't have to come back to draw water. And she going go, oh, this would be great. Don't have to come back to the well every day. Jesus said, get, go get your husband and bring him back here. But I'm not married, the woman answered. That's true, Jesus said, for you've been married five times. And now you're living with a man who is not your husband. You've told the truth. The woman changed the subject. (laughs) She's like, let's change the subject, Jesus. We're not going there. You must be a prophet. So tell me this. Why do our fathers worship God on this nearby mountain, but your people teach that Jerusalem is the place where we must worship? Who is right? So the background story is the Samaritans believe they went, they moved to another area because the Samaritans came about that the that Samaritans are a mixture of Jew and Gentile people that married each other, and so the Jews would have nothing to do with them. And so they had a mountain near them, near this village, and they would worship God there and say, this is where God has to be worshipped. And the Jews were in Jerusalem saying, no, we have to worship God here. And she's saying, well, who's right? Are we right? Are you right? Who's right? She wanted to know who was right. She also wanted to change the subject from her husband's. And Jesus responded, believe me, dear woman, the time has When you will worship the Father neither on a mountain nor in Jerusalem, but in your heart. Your people don't really know the one they worship, but we Jews worship out of our experience. For it's from the Jews that salvation is available. From now on, worshipping the Father will not be a matter of the right place, but with the right heart. For God is a spirit and he longs to have sincere worshippers who adore him in the realm of the spirit and in truth. And when I read that line, it made me think of the song we sang last night, O come, let us adore him. That we sing, where it's it's about adoring Jesus. That's the picture that Jesus is painting here. It's about worshipping him with the right heart. The woman said, this is all so confusing. But I do know that the anointed one is coming, the true Messiah. And when he comes, he will tell us everything we need to know. And Jesus said to her, you don't have to wait any longer. The anointed one is here speaking with you. I am the one you're looking for. At that moment, the disciples returned and were stunned to see Jesus speaking with the Samaritan woman. Yet none of them dared ask him why or what they were discussing. They were like, we know this isn't meant to be happening, but we're not saying anything. All at once, the woman left her water jar and ran off to her village and told everyone. What does that remind you of? It's exactly what the shepherds did. They heard the good news, left everything, left their sheep, left all the gear, and they wanted to go and see for themselves. And when they saw it, then they went and told everyone. And so she leaves all her water jar. The water wasn't important anymore. All her gear wasn't important anymore. She ran to the village and told Everyone. And she said, come and meet a man at the well who told me everything I've ever done. He could be the one we've been waiting for. Hearing this, the people came streaming out of the village to go see Jesus. And then skip down to verse 39. Many of the Samaritan villages, uh, from the Samaritan village, became believers in Jesus because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I ever did. Then they begged Jesus to stay with them, so he stayed there for two days, resulting in many more coming to faith in him because of his message. The Samaritans said to the woman, Now we've heard him ourselves. We no longer believe just because of what you have told us, but we're convinced that he really is the true saviour of the world. And when you look at this story... There's some incredible things to think about here. You know, it's a miracle that the people in the village actually believed her. Given her reputation. So she was like, she was like the outcast of the outcast of the outcast. Of the, she'd been married five times. It's like you're on the outer, you're on the outer. And so she was going to the well because no one wanted to be with her. No one would be seen with her. No one wanted to talk with her. No one wanted to visit with her. She was an outcast. She was real bad. In their eyes, she done she'd made so many mistakes, got it so wrong that like she was like we she's just she's she needs to be out she needs to leave someday. Like she needs to be gone. And so she's coming to the well at the time of the day when no one else would come. So she's coming in the heat of the day instead of the cool of the day because no one would, what, she could know she couldn't go with everyone else at the other time because they didn't want to be with her. And she would feel shunned and she would feel, you know, feel that they'd just look at her and she would, you know, feel criticized. And so she's coming by herself in the heat of the day, taking back water, feeling like she's a failure, feeling like she's made so many mistakes. And Jesus deliberately changes direction he couldn't the, when you look at the background, all the Jews went a different path to where they wanted to go and Jesus deliberately took a different path just to meet her. And then he sends the disciples into town knowing that he didn't really going to need any food by the end of the day anyway, but he just needed to move out of the way for a while and go do something and because they would have objected straight away or straight away saw her and said, oh no, you need to leave, what are you doing here? And, and But he got them to move away and then she arrives and he has this conversation. And for her to go back to the village and to share the, the change or whatever happened in that conversation must have been so great. She must have been so different or the way her and what she was saying or speaking or acting must have been so different that they couldn't help but listen to her. Even though they'd rejected her, they must have thought, "This is this is not the same woman that we we've seen before. This is not the same person. What there's something there is something different." There's a in that one conversation the deposit that the words of Jesus, the deposit that the good news that she had heard, but not only heard but received and believed, was so in that moment transformed her. And she ran back to the village and she goes and tells them all. And so much, the change was so great that it caused people to come out of the village. We need, and we need to go. And they said they streamed out of the village. You know, um, history records this woman is the first New Testament evangelist to win a city to Jesus. That's basically what she did. She won a whole city to Jesus. They streamed out. Then they, then it was such impact and said, Please, Jesus, come back. The Bible doesn't actually record what happens in the next two days. The Chosen goes and adds some possibilities of what happens. But he obviously went into the, into the place and told and talked to people. They were so hungry. And obviously, many, many, many hundreds of people would have come and put their um, trust in Jesus and wanted to follow him and become his disciples. So she's the first recorded person in the New Testament. The first evangelist to win a city to Christ. And God is faithful to use anyone to reach others. And we are honest to tell others that Jesus knows everything we've ever done and still loves us. If you were to choose someone to be the first evangelist to go in in and win a city, there was no way that she would be top of the list. There was no way that you would go, oh, it would probably be her. They'd be like, pfft. She's like, yeah, right. She's at the bottom, Bill. Bill, she's at the bottom. Bill, this is not going to happen, you know. And so it's like, it's, if, look, look at her record. Look at, look at, her, look what she's done. There's no way, as if, as if God would want to use someone, as if Jesus would choose someone like that to do such an important thing when her track record is so bad. Doesn't that give you hope? Doesn't that give you hope about people you know that you sort of think, gee, there? have you ever sort of thought about someone and thought, there's no way that they could, you know, could they really do that? Or, is, you know, it's amazing that God could use that person. But sometimes it's like Jesus grabs the person you least expect, the person that's so far, so impossible that they, he could use them that he goes, I'm going to show you how great my love is, how powerful my love, transformation powers, how powerful the good news is. And I'm going to grab that person and I'm going to take that person and transform them so incredibly that I'm gonna use them and they're gonna bypass all these other people. Other people that maybe heard the good news and they've heard of it and heard it and heard it, but they haven't really listened with their heart. But she simply in a moment Jesus said, I know a woman at a well, we need to go this way. The disciples didn't want to go that way, and, and I know a woman at the well, and she once she hears the good news, she's gonna listen with her heart. And she's gonna be transformed. And then she's going to go back to the village. And the, and, the, and the person that everyone least expected is the one that's going to come and ter- share the good news. And they're going to see such a transformation. They're going to come streaming out. And it's going to open up the whole city for me to go in. Yeah. Yeah. The disciples couldn't have done it. If the disciples tried to walk in the city. If Jesus tried to walk in the city, their people would have, would have gone, what are you doing here? They wouldn't have even accepted Jesus straight up because he was a Jew. and oh, what, there's, You've got an agenda. You know, you're a Jew. You don't. You don't come this way. The disciples they would have picked up rocks, ready to throw at them, and they probably would have thrown some back. And so, the only person that got them in was this woman. And the transformation was so great. The whole city said, "Come, let us meet this person, the Messiah we've been waiting for." And that line that says, "Isn't like." that like the creator of the universe. He uses lowly people to do amazing things for his glory. Can I have the worship team come back up? So good news isn't just heard, but it's received. And, you know, you may, maybe, we, we you know, come to church every week and you can hear preaching, you can hear a message, and hear that, and sometimes we just listen and listen and listen, And forget that it's not just about hearing it, it's not just about reading it, but it's about receiving it. And it's so easy to, every day you might pick up your Bible or read something and regularly And it's so easy you can read stuff and go, oh good, I've read that scripture. Gee, God must be pleased with me that I'm sitting here reading that. And we can read stuff and just read it, look after it and kind of tick it off and go, oh yeah, that's all right, that'll help me today. And it may help you today. But I'll tell you what, it'll help you a lot more if we read even less, but receive what we read. Receive it in our heart. Good news. Good news is for everybody. Good news. Last night on the Oval, through those songs, Christmas carols we sing, I came home, flicked on the TV and Delta Goodrum's, Goodrum's Christmas was on. So he's got her own Christmas show now. And I had all these guests, and they had all these famous Aussie artists that were written all these other songs. And I and I thought, but they but they come on and they sing Christmas carols, they're singing about Jesus. And I thought, they're singing the songs. You can everyone can sing a song. And it sounded awesome. But I thought, do they realize what they're singing? Do they real, does she realize the words she's singing? She's singing about grace about Jesus coming, about Silent Night. Then she sings Amazing Grace. After that, I'm singing, you're preaching to yourself, Delta. The whole gospel is being preached. And all these Aussie art different part, and all these people, not just Aussie, but overseas artists were there singing all these songs. And they're singing all about Jesus. Then they go and sing their own song or they get to do their own sort of plug kind of thing. But in the middle of it all, they sing about Jesus. I thought, do they really realise... And, you know, last night we're singing over our city, we're singing to the crowd. And I thought, do you realize the word you sing? Sometimes we can just repeat this. Oh, that's a great Silent Night. It's a great song, Amazing Grace. and, And all these different songs that people know the words of and Christmas carols and all that. But in the middle of those, it's all about glorifying Jesus. And we need to not just hear the word, but we need to receive it. And the moment that someone suddenly it clicks over from just hearing it to receiving it. It becomes transformational. Something shifts. And we need to pray that our city, that when we sing last night, the words I hope that... I, that, that. They don't do the next few days and going to Christmas as they hear the carols that something just shifts, that something changes on the inside, that words, they start to think about those words a bit more. What? Who? Who? Hang on. Who is Jesus? Why why do we sing about Jesus? Why? Why are we singing all these words about Jesus? And they suddenly start to realize they listen with their heart and it becomes transformational and they will say, well, I need to find out more about Jesus. Where can I go to find out about Jesus? Is it to a neighbour that I know is a Christian? Is it walking into a church in the next few weeks? Whatever it is, but be ready churches, people. I just believe our city that just got nominated, the most generous city in Australia through giving and that, that's no coincidence because it's a sign of people when there's generosity. God loves generosity and His blessing comes upon it and heaven comes upon it and the anointing of God comes upon it. I believe hearts are, when you give, your heart is opened up. Your heart is open to receive receive. So we need to pray so many people are giving and are generous that their hearts are ready to receive. Ready to receive the good news about Jesus. Thank you for joining us. The Bayside Christian Church community aims to transform our city and beyond with the life and power of Jesus Christ. If you want to know more or just keep in touch, check us out at www.baysidechristianchurch.com.au or follow us on our social media sites at Bayside Christian Church.